Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sup Talk Radio. Another great evening to be had. My first guest is no stranger of the show. He is a competitive powerlifter, personal friend, and owner of Paw Power Nutrition. Eric Schwartz, welcome back, my friend. What's up, guys? How are you? Happy my next here. guest is also no stranger to the show. He has been competing for over 35 years. He is an IFBB professional bodybuilder. And when most people at that kind of time frame are slowing down, he's like, he's just picking up speed, getting better and better. Welcome back, Vinny Galanti. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Eric, I'm going to go ahead and kind of throw you under the bus a little bit here to, to Vinny. Now, Eric, do you remember when I texted you about two weeks ago and said, Vinny and I are talking, he wants to do another <laughs> show, the three of us? Yes. Do you remember what your response was? <laughs> well, word for word, no, but something like, are you crazy? I'm not getting back on a bodybuilding stage. But the reason why I said that is because, remember, you were talking about doing a comeback. Yep. And you had mentioned to me, well, let's do one together. And I was like, yeah, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> so, Vinny, I have to have the test of it. He says, oh, really? Is he going to diet and do the cardio for me? <laughs> I was saying that Car about you. Cardio oh, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, Vinny, I mean, this is, this is a lot about you here, my friend. You, when we spoke back in February... You were kind of sounded like you were kind of going to wind it down and hang up the tights. And now all of a sudden, it seems like you've kind of got a second wind here. What's going on, my friend? Um, so what are you talking about, like a couple of years ago or this year? I can't remember. No, when, we, when the three of us spoke in February, maybe I misunderstood the, call, the, the chat, but it sounded like you were kind of winding down a little bit. No, I, you know, when I started this, this journey, um, I never thought I'd be looking back at the eight Masters wins. I never thought that was going to happen. Um, when I started, I had a chip on my shoulder because, well, so in 2017, I took dead last at the Masters Baltimore Pro. Yeah. I did it again in 18. I took dead last. And um, I reached out to a few coaches and uh, I'll – all of them said they don't really have any time for me. One in particular said, um, you ever think about hanging it up? Your better days are behind you. And yep. that, that put a chip on my shoulder. And I, I knew I could do it, but I knew that I needed to be smart about it. And um, my whole thing was just trying to win the Masters Pittsburgh Pro. And I end up winning the 50 and the 40 in the same night. Yep. And then... Um, you know, I, I thought really that was going to be it. I did uh, the hurricane two or three weeks after that, and I won. The, I won that, and um, then the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. and I was enjoying myself. I was training, and when the pandemic was over, and then last year there was all of these new. Uh, I'm talking about in in um, 21. The schedule had like I think nine, nine extra masters pro shows. And there was rumor that the masters Olympia was going to come back at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, let's, let's give this a whirl. Let me, let me continue. And I think the pandemic for me actually helped me because I quite didn't have all the mass that I had just yet that I lost from the shoulder surgeries that I had a, a few years back. And, yeah. um, so that time training without dieting, I, I was able to put my size back on and I set my sights for the uh, Masters Baltimore Pro and the Legion. And so I ended up winning the 50, the 40 and 35 in Baltimore. Jeez. And then in the Legion, I took second, uh, second place to Rusty Jeffers, which was awesome. Awesome to stand yeah. next to him because he's a guy that, you know, I always, always saw it just in the magazines and, um, he was a gentleman. He was great. Um, I'll admit, I think I missed my peak just a little bit. I, I came in good, but he came in a lot better and he deserved to win. And, uh, and now here we're looking at, you know, I got the, uh, I took fifth in the world this year. I took the Tampa. Well, I was the only one in the Tampa, so I can't really say it was a great you won, win. though. But I won, and um, I was just like, nah, I can't end the year this way. And 
I had uh, an injury, uh, another injury. I, I dislocated my knuckle and um, it was difficult training. And that's not an excuse, but it, 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 that was yeah. my excuse. So I, and then I, I, I continued my prep for another eight weeks and I went to the um, Daytona Pro and I got, um, I won the 50, the over 50 there. So I got eight wins under my belt. And, you know, if I quit, wow. I, I wouldn't be looking back on that and looking forward to the Masters Olympian. Um, it's going to be, I hope I, I hope, I hope I, I'm able to get invited to it. It'd be awesome. But I thought you were, I thought you announced something that said you would, you would qualified for the Masters. Oh, no. Did I so they said some, something out there said that you, it, there was another video that came out with, uh, Dennis James, Chris Cormier, and I can't remember the other guy's name. He was the actual MC for all of the other Masters shows. And at one point, they said, "Get a win, you win, and you're in for the." And so I, so I won. I've won, and so I'm yeah. in. But will I be invited? Is a different story. Uh, meaning, are they going to pay my airfare and hotel to go? Mm. Or is that coming out of my pocket? If it's if it's in Bucharest, Romania, you know, I was just checking the flights. It's expensive. It's like three grand a flight, enough for the flight. Yeah. So I don't have any, you know, today I don't have any sponsors. I'm doing this all on my own. Um, and, but I'm enjoying it. This is just, this is something I look, it's, it's, uh, it's snowballing into something bigger for me. Um, yeah. And I, I don't want to sound too uh, corny here, but, um, I'm getting a lot of feedback from guys over 40 and 50, um, giving them inspiration to train, get back in the gym. And so that in itself is rewarding and having positive feedback. It's, it's a great thing at 55 years of age, I'm doing this, but I, I've had to change my whole game plan. I mean, the, the yeah. whole entire way I train is completely different too. What meaning What's what? That? What's that? Meaning what? Like how? So, um, I need a long warm up. I need a, a, a longer introduction into what I'm going to do as far as like, as what guys call today a top set, my last set or two. So I developed, I mean, it's, I just stumbled onto this, um, where I use the same weights that I've always used, but instead of using the same amount of reps I've always used because I get, I get, um, burnt out quicker. I don't, I don't recover good. So I, I stay on a five rep program with almost everything. Um, so let's say for leg press, um, I'll work my way up to say nine plates on each side, but every set leading up there is just five reps. And then when I get to my eight or nine plates on each side, it's 20 to 30 reps really wow, super okay. slow and it's it's one or two working sets um and i've been complimented that my legs have gotten bigger and um, i look different i'm, I'm a, a different version of what i was um and i think i attribute it to the way i've been training i'm trying to train a lot of time under tension and um a lot of warming up I, a lot of a lot of work you know with uh massage therapy and stretching things I never have to think about before, you know, Vinny, with both your shoulder injuries, do you do a lot more single, single arm stuff? Or are you still kind of doing a lot of compound stuff together? I do compound stuff. Yeah. It, it, like, um, I'll do a reverse easy bar curl, um, a reverse easy bar overhead press. Okay. Instead of a, a, a press uh, with a barbell, it's very difficult. I, I do do barbell presses, but, um, it's very difficult for me when I'm doing a barbell press, it's more difficult than doing a dumbbell press for me. Um, I can get full range of motion with a dumbbell than a barbell. So I, I, I don't do as much barbell work, but if I do, it's mostly an underhand grip with the easy curl bar. Okay. And how is, how is your, how is your like supplementation changed? When I mean, I mean supplements. You know, from from what you did years ago to now, are you taking more stuff? Are you taking, I mean, as as all of us get older, fifty years old, we're all in the fifties now, and it opened to Eric too. Like, have you added more things to fish oils? Do you find yourself using more joint formulas? I mean, or is things still the same with you? 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, um, I have a little endorsement deal with uh, G Code Nutrition. Yeah, and get all their stuff. And I good bros this. over there. Good, good, good bros. Great products. Yeah, yeah great products. Um, I, I just, I just make sure that I train smart. That's the most important thing. I never been one to say I'm taking this or taking that, and that's going to get me through it. Um, my nutrition's on point. My training is on point. My recovery is on point. I take my I take my recovery more serious than I've ever have. Um, I don't I don't buy into the uh, no days off. I think that's complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. I think that's um, that's you know everybody on social media needs a selling tool. They need something to sell, right? So they have their methods or ideas or whatever. And you 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 pound your chest and you go no days off and you act like a big shot and <laughs> and the reality of that of that is is like a lot of sixteen year old kids buy into it and guys who've been training for 20, 30 years know better. Um, you know, I took a lot from uh, John Meadows. I would watch mm -hmm. all his videos. I I took a lot from um, uh, uh, Seth Feroshi. Feroch. Okay. Um, but butchering his name up um and I, and I just take bits and pieces of everybody's stuff and i develop my own my own thing uh the way the way it works for me and um i, I really honestly i just have a good positive mindset i focus on what i can do i don't focus on what i can't do yeah now has, has your nutrition changed though you're still eating like the same meals that you did 20 years ago i do i do well no no i shouldn't say that so I've always eaten, uh, as far as protein goes, I'm between five and seven ounces of protein per meal. Anything more than that, it messes up my digestion. If I eat eight, nine, ten, whatever, I, I know guys eat 12 ounces of protein. I could never do that. It messes my gut up. So um, a, a, good, a good spot for me is about six ounces. That's where I, 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 fall, I fall into that. And... Um, I started to uh, work uh, a couple of years ago, um, a friend of ours, Eric, uh, Scott Applebaum, and Scott and I talked and we went through my nutrition and he helped me. And he got me pretty ripped when I went into, I think, the 2018 uh, Masters Baltimore Pro. I was, I was pretty ripped, but I, I didn't, I, I placed dead last. And that wasn't against Scott. I don't mean it that way, but it, 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 it made me become a bodybuilder I never became that I never was back in the day I didn't have to think about anything I just trained for a show didn't worry about anything I just did my thing got in shape uh today I had to relearn what works for Vinny and mm -hmm. I found something very interesting where my body when I was working with Scott um we were on very low carbs and a very low carb day that was a high day I think it was 100 grams. Um, but I just started playing around after after the contest, and I started eating like 400 grams of carbs, and but staying on a diet. Yeah. And within two weeks, I was big, full, and like it was a different look. I'm like, hey, I'm stumbling onto something. So I developed a program for myself where I do have two low-carb days, which are 100. I have four normal days. We're around 350. And then one high carb day of 500 and I rotate that for about 15 weeks. Um, and every Saturday night I eat what I want, literally eat what I want. If I want to have ice cream pizza, yeah. I just do it. It's cause it's, it's just, an, it, it doesn't buy, it doesn't hurt me. And I do very little cardio, um, probably 20 minutes, three times a week. Um, and wow. maybe six weeks out, it goes up to 30 minutes. That's about it. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So maybe years ago I was wasting away. I don't know. Maybe I was I was doing too much. So Vinny, I don't know if you know an Emric Del. I'm not gonna say Emric Delzeg. Yeah, I've been I've been talking to Emric for. So he just he just commented. It says he'll cover your flight to Romania. Thank you, Emric. <laughs> yeah, Emric and I have been talking. Um, uh, I've been using his product. Um, Oh man, I'm having a. Uh, <laughs> I had a long day today. 
Is it a low carb day for you? <laughs> no, no, I said a long day. Um, yeah, Emmerich and I have been talking for a while. Uh, Humanafort, Humanafort, Humanafort. I've been using Humanafort now for a little while, and um, I gotta tell you, it's a game changer. I am able to recover by using Humanafort faster than I've ever recovered. Um, he told me, Oh, you take it, and by this week, this is gonna happen, and it was pretty much clockwork where I could never do, uh, I could never train back and then the next day train legs. I'd have to have them real spread out throughout the week. Today, I can train back, I'm sore, but I have so much energy. The next day I train legs like it's nothing and I'm, and I'm pounding my legs and not need a day off. Um, I'm finding myself uh, getting better sleep, better recovery. Um, all the while right now, and I'm and I'm on TRT right now, so I'm not I'm not even on anything that's gonna make me train that way. So is is it like a post a post recovery? Like after you work out, pop a couple of pills. I don't know if it's pills or if it's powder or whatever. It's, it is. A, it's capsules. I take four a day. Okay. I take one when I wake up, one before training, one after training, and one before sleep. Um, it's not designed to give you energy like a pre workout. It's just to give you energy that your body can recover. Um, but I can't I can't go into the scientific part of it. Emmerich would have to you'd have to get Emmerich on the show. It's he's interesting, he's great to talk to. And you think you know it all. You know, I've been doing this for 39 years, and now I'm talking to Emmerich, and it's he's like opening up a whole nother world of bodybuilding to me that I didn't even really know existed, and it's been such a privilege to get to know this guy. It's, it's been it's been a great thing. And Sean, uh, Vinny introduced me to him, and me and Emmerich had a little dis discussion. And there's some interesting science about Humanafort and dogs. And um, oh, interesting. We're looking yeah. at you know maybe potentially putting it in a future formula if it makes sense. Cool. So Eric, let's let's talk a little bit about, about you here. I don't want to leave you in the dust because I... ah, it's okay. How, Vinny's so the, the man. I know, but you're 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 the man too in my mind. What, what's the latest and greatest with Paw Power? I have to say, you know, other brands, whether they're opening a brand supplements or whatever, they need to follow you because every every weekend you're out hustling with your wife, events, fairs, whatever. And obviously, I'm seeing the fruits of your labor because I'm seeing, you know, Shop X is now carrying some of the brand. You know, Shop Y. You know, kudos to you, brother, because you're hustling out there on the weekends when you're working a full-time job during the week. Yeah, both me and my wife are working full-time to make this work. Um, we don't have any investors. We don't have any funding. Um, so we have to hustle, like, to make it to make it happen. You know what I mean? Um, I wish we had this big marketing budget, but we don't. But it's something that we love to do, so we don't mind it at all. Um, so I'll preface this by saying we're not doing gangbusters. Um but we are doing well, and every month has been better than the previous month. So we're not killing it yet, but every single month has been better. October is our best month yet, and the beginning of November is really good. So this promising stuff, um, we know one thing. We've been in business a little over a year, and there was some doubts. You know, we always, you always have doubts when you start a business or a brand. But I, I said to Christine, my wife, I said, you know, let's try it for six months, and we'll know if we have proof, what we call proof of concept. Do people want to yep. buy it? you know, where we get repeat buyers. And we now know a, a year, year and a half in, we have, we have very good proof of concept. Uh, people really like the products. They really like the brand. We have a good um, return rate of customers. We have people that subscribe and buy it every month. Here's one of our, one of our stars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we have a, a really, what's really cool is we have a really high conversion rate on our website. So it, it this, the product sells really well when people see it. So what we need as a brand is more exposure. We just need more people yeah. to see it. Uh, and it'll, I, I have no doubt it's going to take off. Um, we're working on a line of standalone supplements aside from the peanut butter. Um, that's probably going to take a little longer to, to launch because I'm being, as you know, in the human supplement industry, I'm super picky about the manufacturing process, about the ingredients. I don't want to use somebody that's going to cut corners. Um, and a lot of that goes on in the pet space as well. So, yep. Now, yeah. kudos to you. So, Vinny, let's let's talk a little bit. Somebody did ask. We talked about it offline. The Master Zo here, right? Okay. Um, in a real world, I mean, what are you hearing? 
Is there anybody that's that said to you off offline or or on the record saying, Vinny, I'm doing it? Or is anybody that you want to kind of share? Well, I know uh, Darren Charles announced he was going to do it. Um, I heard Tony Pearson uh, was talking about doing it, which would be, um, I, I, oh, my God. If I could stand on stage with Tony Pearson, yeah. that's, I was like, wow, that would be so cool. Um, you know, and a lot of these internet guys are, you know, oh, they'll pick names from the nineties and two thousands that they can come out. Guys aren't going to do it. You're not going to see Jay Cutler do it. You're not going to see any of those big names because one, I think when you, when you stop competing, it's very hard to get back into that mindset. And yep. if it's not a prize money, like the Olympia, these guys are not going to come in. You know, I, I don't know what the prize is going to be for first place. Uh, could it be $25,000, $50,000? I don't know. Yeah. But with saying that, even if it is $50,000, you know, these guys aren't, they're not going to come back for it. Maybe you'll yeah. see David Henry. Maybe you'll see guys like that um, jump in it. Eduardo Pereira. Maybe. You don't, I don't know. I don't, you I don't, don't think it. What about a guy like Dexter Jackson? I, no, I think Dexter is done. I think he's enjoying retirement. You know, he's healthy. He looks great. Looks fantastic. He's he's gotten his weight down, uh, and he's very very in shape um, with being smaller. In that sense, you know, he's not a, he's not a competitive bodybuilder anymore. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good. I think it will turn out to be a very good show. But. Let's shed some light on the guys who are actually competing in the Masters. Because yeah. there's a lot of us. We're competing and we're doing really well. And, I mean, we're, we're no, not many guys are talking about us. Um, and that, that, that I take that a little personal. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, we're not, we're, not, we're not over here, like, you know, taking this as a joke. A lot of us, like for myself, doing these shows – it's coming out of my pocket. Uh, yeah. For instance, like the mindset. So a guy, I, I train with, I, I had a guy, a guy I train, where I train, one of the guys, uh, is a personal trainer, really great guy. And we're always talking about um, becoming, you know, uh, like an influencer or anything like that. And he'll say, you got to go to this company and get sponsored by them. And, and I, I say, those days are over for me. I'm not looking for that because yeah. one, it's not there. It's not, you're not getting big contracts. I was very fortunate to be with universal nutrition for 18 years and I got a good paycheck every month. I got a great paycheck, but that's not there today. And this is more of a personal thing for me mm -hmm. to compete. I'm looking for titles. I'm looking to make people's lives miserable when they know I'm there. When they know Vinny Galanti's in a show, I want them to be nervous because I'm bringing my A game. Yeah, and I, I I don't I don't find it I find it insulting that none of us as Masters guys are being talked about in the for the Masters Olympics. So I take that I take that I got a little chip on my shoulder. So um, listen, I, I I know I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at, and I know how good I am and how good I'm not. So I know that I've never been into, I've never been to the Olympia because I'm not that kind of competitor. I'm not that top level guy. I know that. Yeah. I focus more in my career with business and traveling and getting into magazines. I got on magazine covers and I was doing all of that for 20 years before I ever turned pro. And um, now that I'm a pro, I just want to walk away with some titles, um, check the boxes and say, Hey man, I was in the master Olympia. It's going to be so cool. Um, I want to be taken serious because I'm very serious about, about this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, wherever it is, I'll get there. I'll compete. I'll have fun. If I can crack the top 10 in the Masters Olympia, I'll be a happy camper. I think it's super hey, inspirational what you're doing, Vin, uh, especially Thanks. as a, a guy who's getting older myself. It gives you, you know, it gives you motivation that you can continue to do this stuff. So, I think the biggest thing honestly, is all about, you know, having a great off season. And when I was saying before about no off season or, or no days off, um, yeah. I, I do take it very seriously in the off season, but I also take it very seriously. And like, for instance, uh, 
yesterday I walked into the gym, um, was going to do arms. And this is, this has really happened. I picked up a 30 pound, uh, easy curl bar just to warm up fourth rep. I racked it and I walked out of the gym because I knew I wasn't awake. I, yeah. I would have probably needed a pre-workout, but it was late in the day. It was close to the five o'clock. And if, if I took a pre-workout, I would never have went to sleep last night. And then I would have been the pattern of not sleeping and, and, and being tired would have gotten become worse. So I had to make that, you know, judgment call. You know what? Today's not the day to work out. Um, it would have been a crappy workout. It would have made me more tired. So I went home and today was my day off anyway. And I was going to train today. I'm like, no, this is silly. I think my, I'm going to listen to my body. I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired today. Um, but more mentally tired. I think that, uh, you know, I've been working a lot, training clients, talking all day long, you know, different personalities with people I, I train. And um, I got some really great, great clients. And that takes a toll on you. So you have to, you have to balance life now more than I, I've ever had to. Yep. So Eric, a couple of questions for you on the, on the, on the deadlifting side, or should I on the, mm -hmm. on the uh, competition side. So if someone had asked, what uh, is sumo? I see, you see these a lot all the TikToks <laughs> and stuff. Is sumo deadlifting cheating? I know you've addressed this, <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. gonna kick out of seeing these all over. Yeah, it's funny, and I I've joked around about it a lot too with people calling it cheating. It's not cheating. Um, a lot of people think that because when you watch a sumo deadlift, um, it looks like they're not moving the bar that far, right? They're moving it less distance, which is true, right? That does not necessarily make it easier. For example, I cannot sumo anywhere near what I could conventional. Uh, we're all built kind of differently. Some people are built better for a sumo deadlift, but no, it can't be cheating if it's within the rules of powerlifting, right? So that's my definition of cheating. If it's within the rules, it's not cheating. Okay. And someone, someone else had asked, so what, what were your best numbers back in the day or currently, I guess? Yeah, best numbers. I haven't competed in, in about two years now, but my best numbers was a 525 squat, a 355 bench, and a 575 deadlift. Um, I missed 600 deadlift in that competition. I got the 575 pretty easy, and then I missed the 600. Uh, and then I tried it like 10 days after the competition, and I got it in the gym, but that does not count. So any thoughts of you doing another competition, not bodybuilding? I know we've discussed that, but another <laughs> powerlifting event of some sort. Yeah, I will sometime down the road. Um, I still train all the time. I don't miss um, I train all the time. I love it. Um, but me, I'm kind of like somebody who's like all in and uses a lot of my psychological mental resources towards something like that. Yeah. And right now I'm just so focused on, you know, building up poor power. Uh, and building a business and putting all my like resources towards that working a full-time job as you know I, I or for people who are watching that might not know I'm still involved in the supplement industry I've been helping out um, a pollen nutrition yeah. um, so I'm very very busy and just a lot of my mental capacity is going elsewhere right now but I do want to do compete again in powerlifting at some point uh, my focus now is to get leaner and healthier and as we get older thinking about quality of life and all that stuff yep yeah. So Vinny, question, question for you. So somebody wrote, you're an excellent poser. Who were or are your favorite posers? Okay. Um, Muhammad Makawe, Bob Parrott. Wow. Okay. You know, Lee Labrada. Um, today, that. Terrence Griffin. <laughs> love that guy. He's great. Um, I love how artistic he is. Um, and it's frustrating to me today actually posing because of having I got nine anchors in this shoulder and five in this shoulder and there are poses I cannot do anymore yeah. and it frustrates me because I feel like I'm not giving my all in certain poses like I can't do a posing routine like I used to so that's that's a little frustrating so I have to be more I have to be almost more like straight on robot like not more like um more like a, uh, uh, I, I'm very fluid from pose to pose, but I can't be artsy anymore. I can't do that because I can't get my hand up, my hand back. I can't do quarter, I can't do quarter turn shot, like a, a three quarter shot for the back. I can't twist anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sean, I, I would say Muhammad Makawe 
from back in the day, which I'm really surprised that, and I'm Frank Zane, I'm Frank Zane, you know, I guess because Frank Zane won the Mr. Olympia, everyone compares like what the classic physique looks like, but all these guys today, there's a handful of men who were beyond classic, like Bob Paris and Muhammad McCowie, and they were beautiful posers, and the guys today don't even talk about them. Sean, uh, yes. just an, an FYI, uh, this guy right here, never won a bodybuilding show, but I won two, not one, but two best poser awards back in 1991. We, we did we meet in 91? Uh, yes. So at the Richmond uh, County class. Yeah. So Vinny, um, competed at a, a competition I competed at in Staten Island. And I only did this uh, bodybuilding show because Lee Haney was going to be the guest poser. And I, I love this story. Lee was my favorite, still is my favorite. And I wanted to meet him. So I was like, yeah, I know if I compete and he's a guest poser, I'm guaranteed to meet him backstage. So I was like, let me do the show. And I'm backstage. And I swear, I remember Vinny asking people how he looked. He's posing backstage. And I thought he was a guest poser because that's how far ahead he was of like everybody else at that local level. Thank so you. it was pretty cool. Yeah. We, so the question, the question is, was your posing routine Lee Haney's posing routine? No, the guy that I emulated for posing was not Lee Haney. Um, I, you know, I just, I don't know. It, it didn't jive with me. Um, Sean Ray was the guy that I emulated. And okay. to me, he's one of the best posers. Um, and I emulated his style. We, well, so we, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you feel it's a, it's a, it's a lost art form? Because like you don't get judged. I know years ago there was a judging percentage, if I remember correctly, of mm -hmm. it. They did away with it, and now it seems like it's a lost art form. People just come out, ACDC, boom, 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 and they're off the stage again. Well, listen, I did ACDC plenty of times, but I actually did a routine to it. Well, um, you know, so that's not an excuse. The problem today is that. So when I was competing on a local level, we had ninety seconds, and we never thought of it back then. 90 seconds. It was, it was a perfect amount of time. It was a perfect amount of time, as like Eric is saying about sh how Sean Ray posed. You know, you can walk out a little, like, with, a, with an attitude, a swag. You could walk, to, walk out to your song. You can set up, do a little spin, get into some really good poses. But today, you're lucky if you get 60 seconds. And you're not going to see guys go out of their there are guys who go that do good routines i i'm not gonna say they don't but it's watered down because so many so many competitors are only having 60 seconds they're not giving it their all and a lot of competitors today a lot they're doing it for different reasons than what eric and i did it for we love the sport guys today are just doing it not all guys but a lot of guys today are doing it because of social media to be a part of the culture um when they don't even know the history of the sport they, they don't even know what happened 10 years ago um so you know chris bumstead didn't didn't invent bodybuilding and that's what they think and which is great chris bumstead is amazing i'm not bashing him and he's a great poser too and he's got a great physique but there was life before that and it goes back many many years but it's just uh the art form of posing is gone um and I just think that everybody's too more focused on just putting up a freaking tripod in the gym and getting exposure that way, really, to be honest with you. Do you think if someone stepped on stage and did something classical or whatnot, do you think they would be indirectly awarded maybe, given a little bit more, you know, oh, something different, a couple extra points on the sheet, or do you think it would even make a difference? No, Paul, because it, it all boils down to the person's conditioning balance yeah. symmetry it all, it all boils into play because you have a great posing routine means really nothing in the end and i think that's why a lot of guys start to catch on and say well, we're not getting judged for this so why even put together a routine yeah okay a lot of guys think that way and a lot of guys there are some guys you know, i had there's a guy in my gym uh this guy mike he's he's practicing posing all the time i my hat's off to him you know the guy really takes it serious and that's the way it should be um, but you don't see great, you don't see a Sean Ray posing today. Well, yeah. cause like back in the day you had 
from Kevin Lavrone to Dorian to Sean Ray, three different types of posing routines, and all were actually good posers in their own right. Dorian was more robotic. Sean was more artistic. Kevin was artistic and powerful. And um, they were great to watch. You wanted to watch them. Yeah. I don't, I don't find it interesting to see a guy running back and forth, doing this, and then doing a most muscular. That's not posing. That's, yeah. Just, yeah. that's just saying I didn't really give my prep that much. I don't really give a shit that much. And I, I feel, I mean, these guys are professionals, right? And you should you present like yourself a as a professional. And you have people that are in the audience paying money. You should put on a, a good entertaining routine for them. You should take pride yeah. in that. Yeah, I stumbled across the other day, Melvin Anthony, who I've forgotten about, that seemed very, very graceful. Oh. He was another one, too, that kind of gets overlooked, just kind of disappeared into the limelight. Yeah, so he retired. Yeah, yeah. But he was, he was an amazing poser, too. Even to guys like King Kamali, who posed well, but yet did uh, his uh, um, robotic part. Um, he had a routine with like a robot. And yeah. uh, Vince Taylor was like that. I mean, they, they just, they were entertainers and they were comfortable on stage. And I don't see too many people that comfortable on stage today. I think that's what it really boils down to. Yeah. Vinny, somebody had asked if you were 20 years younger, would you do, it should be the 212 classic or would you stay in the open bodybuilding division? Well, 20 years ago, we didn't have any of those. <laughs> All right, yeah, well, but I, think, I think what they're saying, right. I think, it's a, I think it's a great question. I think it's a, if you were 35 um, now with 30 now, would you still be doing open or something different? No, I'd be doing classic. If I, if I was 35 years old and we had the 212 and the classic division um, and it was the phys- like the way the physiques look today, you know, I have a whole theory behind all of this and I could, I could tell you. So, yeah, I would do classic. I mean, my physique is classic. I just can't make the weight class. You know, I'm five foot six on a good day, five foot six and a half and um, on stage at 198, 200 pounds. If I were to get to try to get into classic, I'd have to get down 185 pounds. I don't have 15 pounds to lose. Um, so that that's never going to happen. In, in your um, prime, Vin, what was your stage weight? Well, or even now, I don't know. Are you competing higher now or are you lower now? I'm higher now. I'm like closer to 200, but I, um, you know, I'm older. My waistline isn't as small as it used to be. And it comes with age. I know that. Um, I'm not beating my head against the wall because I don't have that tiny waist anymore. I have a small waist, but I don't have that tiny waist. I still have a V taper. Um, and I'm very comfortable with getting older. I really am. I have no problems. You know, listen, I, I shave my head now because it's freaking falling out. I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Um, I, I don't care. It, it never has. Um, but you know, yeah, classic would have been me. So, Vinny, somebody, a gentleman I know, and Eric might know, Garage Gym Homie, he's a very popular uh, YouTube reviewer. I just looked Vinny up. This guy's a freaking legend. Looks ripped as heck. He is, man. He is. You know what it is, too? I, when I decided that I was going to give this, go full throttle with this, I had to make that decision of, do I want to go to that crazy place? And everybody who competes that has that has been ultra shredded and ripped and, and miserable, you know what I mean when I say go to that that crazy place, that yeah. place where you're just in your zone for 12 weeks and you live, eat, sleep, bodybuilding. And you know, I shut I shut the world off for three months. And if you're not willing to do that, then don't think about standing on stage next to me because I'm doing it. And if the guy, whoever beats me, they did a little more homework than I did. So I'm, I'm in this full throttle. Um, I, I know I, I know I have a little bit, little, little just a little time left, and I want to, I want to make the best of it. And I, I just, um, I'm happy that I'm inspiring some people along the way. 
Um, I get a lot of DMs and messages uh, every week from people. And um, that makes me feel like I'm doing something right. I'm on the right path. Vinny, I want to ask you a very respectful question, okay? Sure. You were chasing your pro card for many years, okay? Right. What kept you focused to keep going and not just, you know, say, fuck it, I'm out? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people like yourself that are chasing, chasing. You know, what kept you motivated going back, you know, many years ago? I'm wired that way. I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, how does Tom Brady do what he does? He's wired that way. You can't. You yeah. can't you can't sell, say, hey, I'm going to have my kid be the next Tom Brady. It doesn't happen. I, I you know, when I competed um, in the nationals on the national level, um, I won the Junior USA in 1992 and went out to California and I had just a little touch of like here and there, a little photo shoot and being at Gold's Gym in Venice. And I'm like, I want this. This is this is cool shit. And then I trained for the USA the next year. And um, I remember having a conversation with Sean Ray. I think it was two weeks. Uh, I don't know, maybe the week after the USA. I was in I was in California. Doing photo shoots and I'm, I, maybe I have my timeline wrong, but I remember Sean Ray saying to me, you can milk this title for about four years. And look at this as a business and do your homework to make friends with all of the photographers. So every year I, I would do that. I would, I would, I, I'd have a plan and I'd go out and shoot with all the photographers because back then it was free. You just shot and they would try to sell their the pictures to the magazines. And um, so I looked at it as a business. And then, you know, I was in the nationals from, I won the USA in 93. And then from 94 to 2005, I was in the NPC Nationals placing third to fifth. I never took second or first. I took third to fifth, third, fourth, fifth, fifth, fourth, fifth, third, second. Yep. No, uh, never second. You know, back and forth. And then 9-11 um, happened, and I took 13th. Okay. And I shouldn't have competed. It was like, you know, crazy. I was done. That was it. I decided I'm going to open up a business and a few years went by and I never thought I'd step on stage again. I was really happy. Um, and then just, uh, uh, I thought, let me give this a shot. Let me give it a shot one more time. And it was 2007. Wait, I got my years wrong. I can't remember. It's going back. So, <laughs> But it was 2007, I compete. no, 2008, I did the Masters um, Nationals. And I was 41 years old. And all I wanted to do was do the Masters Nationals as a warm-up, come on strong, let the judges see me, and then get to the Nationals in November and have momentum going into the contest. Sure. That was my mindset. Well, it everything changed. I win the overall, and I can't remember who said it. But I don't know if it was Jim, Jim Mannion or Steve Weinberger. And they said, I said, they said, um, what's your first pro show you're going to do? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm doing the Nationals in November. I'm like, no, you're an IFBB pro now. I'm like, oh, no, shit. no, no. I'm going to the Nationals in November. And I, it wasn't clicking. It just didn't click. And I... I, I will I will be very transparent here. I'll, I'll tell you, I actually suffered a little depression because I did not like that I won the Masters Nationals to obtain my pro card. I wanted okay. to win the Nationals or the USA and nothing more. I didn't want to go to the North American. I wanted the USA, mostly the Nationals. And I thought... And this is crazy thinking, and I know it's not true. Now I know it's not true. But I thought the competitors I competed with were going to look at me and go, he sucks. He only won the Masters Nationals. That's how he got his pro card. Yeah. And I think that held me back. My mind was all messed up for a okay. couple of years thinking that way. And, it, you know, and I was burnt out, too, when I got my pro card. So once I knew I had it, it was like, you know, you climb that mountain and now 
I was exhausted and I didn't know any other mountain to climb. And I don't, I didn't give a hundred percent to any of the actual mass um, pro shows that I did, because I think I was holding this thing over my head. Like, do these guys like me? Should I, do I belong here? Am I really a pro? Yeah. And I really, I really, I, 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 I lived with that for, for a couple of years, many years. And then I got out of the sport, tore my shoulders, did some powerlifting, and then I got back into it. And now I accept, like, I'm really okay with everything right now. I'm so grateful that I'm able to compete. I'm grateful that I'm able to put my body back together. And um, it's a blessing that I can win, you know, because you can go into a show looking your best ever and get clobbered. So, but winning is cool. <laughs> did you wind up doing that nationals though after you got your card? No, you can't. No, oh, no, no. Like, that's right. You don't have to. That's right. Because now you're, you're not, not allowed your pro to. Card regardless. Yeah, you're not allowed Good point, Eric. To. Well, I know I could have. I could have. I could have gave back my pro card. Oh, right. You can. You can turn down a pro card. Which is, I could have turned it down. Yeah, but um, you know, and, and I wish. I wish I had some because there's nobody you know telling helping anybody like say, hey, hey, you just did this. Now you know you do this next. And I, I didn't have that. Um, I, I didn't have that corner to go to and say, hey, what's my next move? Because looking back. I would have done the Tampa Pro, which was 202 at the time. It was the 202 division. They didn't have the, and then I think they went to the 210, then 212. But I would have done the 202 Tampa like two weeks later or a week later, whatever it was. But I didn't know, I didn't know anything about the pro shows. I didn't know yeah. when they were. And I, and I, that's one, one little thing I wish I could turn back and do, do like some pro shows back in 2008. I would have. I think I would have done okay. So, Ben, if you if you decide to do the Masters O next year in the fall, well, I mean, I, I'm doing the Masters O. Okay, <laughs> uh, would, would you, are you going to do a, are you do going to do a tune up show closer to that, or are you going to do a show during the year to kind of just get yourself back in the headspace, or what are you thinking, or have you thought that far yet? Uh, no, I have. I have thought about it. Um, first and more, first and the, the the one thing that I'm focusing on right now, I'm six weeks post contest. I'm relaxing right now. Um, yep. My training is winding down a little bit. I'm eating a little bit. Um, I'm, I need to give my mind a rest. I need to give my body a rest. Um, I'm probably going to start taking a little more days off between now and January 1st just yep. to recover and come in and be a little more fresh. Um, I think that if there are any Masters Pro Shows within a week or a two-week period, you know, uh, close yeah. maybe i will hit them but my my whole thing is going to be um the uh right now the masters world september 3rd and then the masters olympia depending if it's in august or october yeah so okay. i'm basing everything on 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 sunday september 3rd for the masters world but okay. if the masters olympia is in august and there's a show right before it maybe i don't know yet I don't know, but um, right now, all we know is when the Masters World is. Yep. That's it. And then the Masters Olympia should be hopefully announced soon, um, hopefully before the year is over. So, Eric, if it's in the States, road trip, you and I, we'll see what we can For go sure. along. For sure. So, guys, all, all the talk about Ma all Olympia here. Do you want to lay down some predictions here for the upcoming Olympia next, next I guess, 24 weeks out, I guess? Um, do we want to kind of go around and play play armchair quarterback and maybe drop the top two through five? Because I think we're all in agreement that Rami's probably going to take it again unless he falls off a cliff. <laughs> I think so, it's a very tough lineup, but I'll let, I'll let Vinny go first. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, the powers to be allow Sean Clarita to compete in both, that would be cool. I think if they do that, they're opening up a can of worms for anyone else if they win a, a 212 in an open. So they'd have to let everybody do it. Um, but I would, uh, I'm cheering, I'm rooting for, for Sean. Um, he's a local guy and um, he's one of my inspirations. So I would say, I got these guys written down here. Um, my top five, not to say who's coming in, gonna win, Rami, Brandon Curry, Hunter Labrada, and uh, probably Hottie, top four. 
top three. And um, that's as far as I'm going to go. And, and Dark Horse, I know you said off air, but who's going to surprise us all? Regardless of placing, who's going to like surprise everybody? I think Hunter Labrada. I think Hunter Labrada is going to just show up looking crazy. Okay. Eric, go ahead. It, it's really tough. Like I was looking at these guys. I wrote down some notes and it, it's a tough top five. I do think, like you said, I think Rami, if, unless he comes in really off, it's his show. He just outsizes everybody. And he's got, you know, he won last year. Uh, probably would agree that Curry most likely is going to be second. I have a couple of dark horses. It's hard to put numbers on these guys, but I think these two guys are going to crack the top five and, and put some hurting on some people. One is uh, Andrew Jacked. That guy really came on the scene like, and kind of like shocked everybody. Who's that? This guy Andrew Jacked. If you haven't seen him, look him up. Yeah, he's a black gentleman. He's got when he does his, his double bicep, his abs, everything. It's ridiculous. He looks crazy rest, freaky. Jacked. G. I think it's J A C K E D. I think that's his nickname, though. I don't think that's his real name, obviously, but. Right, he, and he's a big boy though. He's like I don't know. I think a hair under six at high twos. I think he looks pretty crazy. But again, you got a guy like that. You got to kind of see him up against the best of the best. We'll see how he does. This guy I think is going to crack the top five and knock some people down, and it's uh, Derek Lunsford. Um, Derek's physique is crazy. Uh, the only thing really going against him might be his height. Everything else on him looks pretty nuts. So and and he doesn't have the restrictions of the uh, two twelve. So I'm super curious to see how he's going to look. Um, I agree with Vinny that I think Hunter's going to do some damage in there. You also got Nick Walker and Hadi. I think the, these guys are all going to be fighting for the top five. So I think it's a very very tough Olympia. Yeah, I th- I kind of agree to disagree. I mean, I like Brandon, but I think it's Bonac's here. I think Bonac is not going to win, but I think Bonac is going to do some damage as well. I totally he's doing some damage. Um, I also like Samson Duda. I don't know if you guys have seen him, but he's another beast also that's trained by Milos. I think he's going to crack top five. Um, Only I took six last year. I'm just looking at last year's uh, finish. And he was second at the Arnold, I believe, this year. Ian Valer, he took seventh last year. I just saw Akeem Williams the other day, and he's friggin' massive. Like, tremendously massive. Um. James Hollingshead could 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 push his way in there. I, it's a tough sh- it's a tough show. Yeah, we've got uh, gentleman blessing. I don't know if he's going to go deep, but I think he's going to be top ten. Yeah, I like blessing. I don't know how he's going to do against the, the the bigger guys in there, but yeah, he could he could give some people a run. Vinny, what's your, what's your thoughts on now looking at looking at like some of the lineup here? We've got some really like big individuals, like people over six foot that are going to crack the three hundred. I mean, is it is it healthy or what? Like this, Andrew, uh, Crizo, I forget what his first name is. Somebody Crizo that just won his pro card. He's like 6'2 with like 315 or so. Well, I mean, you're always going to get, you know, different height, you know, guys with different height. Um, yep. We've always had that. Um, uh, is it healthy, unhealthy? I mean, his bodybuilding's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not. It's not healthy. Um, and being 300 pounds for these guys, I think, is the bigger issue is all that weight. It is causes a lot of issues for these guys. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some some horrific stories over the last couple of years, and yeah, um, even even back in the day, guys, you know, have passed away uh, from like Greg Kovacs going back many years ago. Oh God, yeah, yeah. So I mean, God, you know, God rest his soul. I mean, uh, it wasn't healthy for him. Um, but these guys don't seem unhealthy to me. When I see them, they're not panting they're, they don't need a towel to write their head they they look okay um you know but is it, I, is don't, it... I, don't, I don't know i really i i don't know I, I i wish everyone the best i hope they have longevity like i've had um and they have a healthy career who knows i might drop to tomorrow who knows oh, right you don't know god god forbid but but my point is it's like you just don't know and yeah. you just can't judge a book by the cover because the guy's six foot three and he's 300 pounds. Um, but who knows? Look, it's an extreme yeah. sport. And anytime there's any kind of extreme sport, that's going to take a toll on people. Yeah. yeah the, thing, the thing that's brought up a few times is nobody seems to have the skeleton face anymore. 
Because back in the day, that was almost like the telltale. Like Dexter was the only one that still has it where you really see, you know, he's lean because you almost see his cheekbones and nobody seems to have that anymore. Uh, I mean, Vinny, you're lean in the face. And I'm not just saying that because we're friends here and you're on my podcast, but you're very lean. But a lot of people still have those. You never guess they're dieting because their faces are still full and round. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why it's different yeah. today. I don't know why. Body hasn't changed in thousands of years, right? So, so um, here's an interesting question. And Vinny, since you're a competitor, I don't know if you want to comment or not. Sup, guys? Paw Power is very intriguing. Have one rescue an eight-month-old bully. Vinny awesome. is a beast. Curious to your thoughts on the Mannion scandal. Seems to be a big deal. I don't know if we want to open that can or just kind of let it be. I don't, th- I don't think Vinny should talk about it. <laughs> no, that's why I don't want to put Vinny on the spot. But I, I, my understanding is it's been going on for years, and it's just interesting that it's finally coming to light. That'll be my that, in and That's out of kind of my take. It's kind of like we heard about this stuff. We kind of knew it was happening. Um, that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't make it right. Um, it's wrong on many levels, uh, but to hear more of the details and, and then finally being a light shed on it, it's not good. It's not good for the sport. So we'll just leave it at that. We don't want to get anybody in trouble here. Um, Eric, we talked about killer Sally and I know Vinny, you brought up too, that you kind of known them from maybe we were on the West coast training goals gym or maybe. Yeah, I was out there quite a, quite often and um you know i didn't hang out with them i just was in the same gym with them at the same time and would yeah. see them and uh you, you know when when i was back home and i heard that uh she killed him i wasn't surprised i wasn't like oh my god they were such a nice couple what happened it yeah. wasn't like that it was like oh shit wow <laughs> yeah okay it was not surprising at all so Eric, the, what'd you, I know we talked offline, but what did you, what did you think yeah. of the overall trailer uh, show, I guess? The show was super intriguing. I mean, I remember the story uh, back in the day, and we didn't have the internet and social media, so it was whatever we read in, like, Flex Magazine about it. Um, the show is very, very intriguing. Sheds a lot of light on a lot of things that go or went on in the industry. That Some of it probably still goes on today. I think anybody who's into this industry and into bodybuilding should watch it. Um, it's so interesting because I'm very torn. The show, you know, it doesn't really, it's a documentary, right? So it's not a, you know, it's not a story. It's real true. And, you know, and Sally tells her side, she just got out of jail. Um, But I'm torn on whether it was self-defense or not. And I guess that's kind of was the way they told the story and the narration of it. I walked away. I don't know if other people did, but I walked away not being sure. You know, obviously there was stuff going on, right? Um, there was domestic abuse or whatever. Did she have to kill him that night? I don't know. Obviously, we'll never know because we weren't there. Um, yeah, was that her only choice? You know, so many questions, but it's very, very intriguing show. And anybody in the industry should watch it. Yeah. So, guys, another question here. Rate your top four Mr. Olympias of all time. Oh, wow. I know, Eric, I know you're number one, but I'm curious to see what your two, three, four is. I guess look at the physique and not what they've done for the industry. Look at the overall body that they Mm. have. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Top four? If you're top four, top five, we can, whatever number you want to throw it out. Wow. Okay. Um, I would say number one, Lee Haney. Number two, Frank Zane, number three. Dorian, number four. I don't even know. I got those those three. Those are my best, my my top three. Lee Haney, Frank Zane, and Dorian. I because I, I, I like I like all three different training styles and all three different physiques. Um, there's a lot of other guys that I think should have been Mr. Olympia, but never made it. Um, uh, but you know, I mean, no one comes, I don't even think Dorian comes close to uh, Lee Haney's back. I agree. Yeah. I, I, not even close, maybe different texture of skin Mm -hmm. because it was a different era. Um, and obviously no one can touch, uh, uh, Frank Zane's 
aesthetics. Um, he stayed true to who he was. Um, and Dorian pushed the envelope. I mean, it was just, uh, I don't know. It, that, it's, Dorian inspires me. I love the way he trains. I love the way he, he trains. Um, and uh, I can't, I don't know. That would be my top three right there. I know you're one, Eric, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Haney's clear one for me. Uh, just to reiterate, he's the – there There have been bigger Mr. Olympias, but I don't think there's been anybody better. And the one thing that Lee did is he was kind of like a mass monster before there were mass monsters, but he kept a tiny waist and tiny hips. And, like, Dorian was bigger and Ronnie got bigger, but their waists also got bigger too. So um, Haney's my clear number one. Um, after that, I've got – Ronnie in his early Olympia days, so like 98, 99. At some point, he started to get a little too, again, thick in the waist, but I liked him. You know, I was I was there at the 98 Olympia in person. It was in New York at Madison Square Garden, which was super cool. So, um, And everybody thought Flex Wheeler was going to just walk away with it, and he didn't. So I like early Ronnie. Um, I do have Arnold up there. Um, I still think he's, you know, his prime Mr. Olympia physique is something that we all have kind of like aspired to be his shape and everything. And then uh, I got Jay Cutler up there also. And maybe it's partly because I, I like Jay as a person too. So it's kind of hard for me to separate, you know, just the physical aspect of it. I don't have Dorian Yates on there and I know Yates is super popular and I know a lot of people like him. I was not a fan of his physique. Um, he was very big. He got very hard, but I did not like his shape. Was not a fan of it. No, it makes you wonder though, because obviously we're showing our age here with all of us. Lee Haney, number one. Lee retired when he was thirty-one years old. Wild. Most of the Olympians <laughs> are winning their first title into their thirties, if not late twenties, if not thirties. That if he would have kept going, if he would, if he would have did ten plus, like going into his thirties. Or I guess the big question is if he knew Dorian was nipping and he said, that's it. I can't compete with Dorian. I met Lee. It was so, it was like one of my highlights in my career. It's a couple of years ago. I'm getting on an elevator. He's coming off. And he stayed on the elevator and he got off my floor and we talked bodybuilding for an hour. And he was pretty candid. And he said, what he had to do the year Dorian took second just to keep up with them. He couldn't continue his career that way. Yeah. And he decided eight, eight is enough and he's walking away. I mean, yeah, he didn't I have a lot. He didn't, yeah. And he didn't have anything to prove at that point. He won eight in a row. He beat Dorian. What else did he have to prove? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, and he was also coming off 90s when they tested the shows, and there was a lot of people falling out because of the show. So I wonder if he was kind of yeah, that was interesting. Else. He was, uh, you know, he was like 15 pounds lighter than his normal weight in 90. All the guys were yeah. kind of like a little bit older in 1990, right? Yeah, when they yeah. tested it in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, it's it's been a pleasure here. Is there anything else that we haven't covered, or you know, otherwise, I'll let everybody get back to the day. It's great catching up. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me on. Yeah, same here. Definitely appreciate it. Love chopping it up with you guys. So, Eric, let people know where to find you, and then Vinny will let you close out where people can contact and find you. Sure. Uh, at Poor Power Nutrition. Anywhere, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. <laughs> and then, Vinny, where can people contact you on, on Instagram and whatnot? On Instagram, Vinny Galanti underscore. And um, my website, mastersmuscle.com. Wait, I do have a question before we go. Is Vinny on TikTok? I am not. You need to be on TikTok, man. I, I need some I need some young kid to teach me how to get on TikTok. You I should get on it. I have no idea. Jay Cutler's on it. You should be on there, man. All right, I'll get on it. Who, who the out there wants is... to help me? I need help. Somebody contact me. Whoever can just teach me how to get on, improve my social media, TikTok. I'm, I'm open to listening. Message me on Instagram. Vinny Galanti underscore Vinny, if your if your instagram is you like doing different different uh training and and whatnot in the gym you just need to take that and i'll put it on tiktok it'd be very easy because that's what half the tiktokers are yeah you can take oh, the same do clip, these three really. simple bicep exercises yeah but but i don't know anything about tiktok so i gotta i gotta, okay. I gotta you can you can learn it <laughs> we're not that old but anyway folks thank you so much for tuning in as always follow me at subtalk underscore radio have a great afternoon
See you guys. Bye. Step one, wake up early, gonna rise with the sun. Step two, get some good, some food in you. Step three, you grow hard about what you wanna be. Step four, fuck everybody, just do your thing. Wake up, today's gonna be a good day. 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 Wake up. Today's gonna be a good day. Wake up. Today's gonna be a good day. Wake up. Today's gonna be a good day. Yo, set your affirmations, aspirations. I got shit to do. The aftermath of preparation. Good food, good mood, blood in circulation. One step at a time. Yeah, that's how you make it. Set a goal you control and the steps you take them. I try to pick one thought, have some concentration. And if I make a mistake, it's called education. I try to do this every day, call it replication. Wake up, today's gonna be a good day. Ups and downs, just like every different season, yo Sometimes I'm high, other times I'm barely breathing, though I always gotta fight and hide from the demons, yo Negative thoughts are poison, they ride, uh. Head full of flaws, so here come the clouds, uh. They'll never stop unless I can swap All the bad for the good in my head when I'm lost, uh. Yeah, so I'ma fake it till I make it Positive thoughts are overtaking, I got patience One day at a time is how you operate a cadence So flow, you grow, you show yourself a foundation Stay away from all the shit that causes temptation I know that I like to do it cause of sensation I live my life in my head like a narration Don't expect greatness, do my best, man, I'll take it Wake up, today's gonna be a good day Wake up, today's gonna be a good day Wake up, today's gonna be a good day